welcome to Said. I'm your host, Editor-in-Chief and Curious Style Voyeur, Jane Dagney. Said is the conversational complement to what's been written in Designers Today magazine. Said is also an acronym that stands for Something About Interior Designers. Here, through conversations with designers and decorators, manufacturers, marketing experts, business coaches, and others in our community, we'll acknowledge, celebrate, and explore that special je ne sais quoi that designers share and yet express uniquely. Designers are creators, people handlers, and life changers, artists and visionaries, extraordinary jugglers with powers often greater than they can see. We are intrigued and inspired over and over again. Enough said. On with the show. Hi, and thanks for joining the podcast. Today, my guest is Nick May. Nick is best known in the interior design industry as the host of the Chase Lounge podcast, a podcast focused on the business of interior design. Nick grew his media company alongside an established paint contracting business called Walls by Design. Interviewing local Denver designers at first, Nick says the Chase Lounge fell into a good groove after he attended the Design Bloggers Conference, now known as the Design Influencers Conference, in 2016. Now with two successful spinoffs, The Student Lounge and Coast to Coast, with another launch on the way, iMay Media has turned into a bit of a podcast empire. In our conversation, Nick talks about his love of marketing, what makes a successful podcast, and the mom-and-pop roots of his own design business when he was scraping lists to market the show. As he says, to grow his business, he's had to open doors and crawl through some windows, too. So here it's said, we don't read the traditional About Us bios. We get to know our guests through what others have said about them. I asked three designers to weigh in on Nick. First up is the first designer that was interviewed on the Chase Lounge, Malibu designer and realtor Barry Livingstone. He was Nick's first guest in October 2014, and he's returned several times since. Here's what Barry said about Nick, and you have to imagine this said in his gorgeous English accent. Nick May, Nick May, what can I say? Who would have known that a preacher boy turned painter man in middle America would have the power to unite an entire country of interior designers from all walks of life and help revolutionize an industry by sewing together the fabric of their lives by talking openly about what they all share in common, the business of interior design. As the first designer interviewed on the Chase Lounge, I felt Nick's warmth and charm. We spoke with great ease about the stuff a designer's life is made of. Nick's tremendously kind heart and uncanny ability to unite has us all loving him. Next up, Garrison Hollinger, who Nick will speak about generously in this podcast. Garrison is the co-host of IMA Media's Coast to Coast podcast. Nick connects people in a way that I have not seen before in our industry. He has made a business of it through his highly rated podcasts and events. As a friend, I love watching the IMA Media brand grow with his ingenious ideas, all with the intent of bettering others. I also asked the indomitable hospitality designer Kelly Ellis to contribute a few words, and here's what Kelly said. Nick May, a sweet soul, loving husband and father with a quiet presence. From many platforms, he's here to guide, inspire, and empower like-minded individuals. 
started as a painter and used the broadest, biggest paintbrush he could find to paint inspiration and wisdom to all who tune in. That right here is pretty good cred. If you want to do your own detective work on Nick, visit thechaseloungepodcast.com or find his show on iTunes. As Nick would say, let's jump into our interview with Nick May. Hi, Jane. Hi, Nick. Welcome to SED. How are you? I'm doing well. Good, good. You know, I was so excited. I, I think I mentioned this even before I had a podcast that I wanted to talk to you and interview you at some point. I think I might have even said I wanted to do it on your show. That's right. I think you, I think you did say that. Yeah, well, now is the chance for me to be the host and you to answer the questions. But we're just kind so of I'm on the, a conversation. What? So I'm just on the other side of the, of the microphone now. You are. How does it feel? Mm, it feels um, a little unnerving, a little bit. And not as bad as when I sit on like a panel and, and I have a lot live audience and then questions are coming. Right. Because then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I get one shot. Well, we've done that together before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So this have, is a little, be- little better better than that. Have you been on other podcasts? Um, I've been on a few other podcasts. Yes. Not very many. Mm-hmm. I like when I, podcast hosts have other podcast hosts. Like I was listening to your interview with Darla Powell um, recently. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my name was mentioned during that interview, which made me smile, I have to say. <laughs> well, I think... It's it's probably a toss-up between you and Amy Fleury who gets more mentions on my show. I know. And it does. I have to say, every time I hear my name mentioned, it just, it really makes me smile. I get very excited. Um, so yeah. for all of those who have said my name on Nick's show or, or Luann's show or Darla's show, it's like, it's just nice. And I, but I, I kind of do the same thing. Like, I'm sure we're going to talk yeah. about some people today. You yeah. Know. In fact, I was interviewing a designer from Florida earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Krista Waterworth. Yes. And I asked her, how did you hear about us? And she told me her marketing gal, Jen. And then I asked Jen, how did you hear about our podcast? And Jen told me because of my friend, Jane Dagney. All right. Yeah. Krista's got a good <laughs> thing going down there. Um, I met her at the Kipps Bay show house in Palm right. beach. Mm-hmm. She did mm-hmm. an amazing bathroom. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she just had a great spirit about her. And she's going to be at High Point with us. When you say with us, does that mean doing a live podcast? No, it just means uh, she will be there with us with, I don't know, what is it, the 150,000 other people that will be at High Point? <laughs> okay, with us and all of our other thousands <laughs> of friends. Okay, got it. In the general. Yes, Correct. I, and um, let's just do a shout out right now because, so have you met Graham? Instagram, the designer, the um, young man, I forget how, I think he's 11 now, who is um, Krista's CFO's son. And I hope I'm getting all the titles right. But anyway, yeah. uh, he kind of did, had created his own sensation from the Kips oh, really? Bay, Palm Beach. Yeah, he went there. And this oh, is a- Oh, yeah. G- I did, I did hear about that one. Yeah. I didn't put it, I didn't put two and two together until you just said it. Yeah, so he is a very part-time employee of, or, you know, um, I don't know if I would call him an employee, but his mom works with Krista, and so he does some design 
um, investigation we, and things like that. Yeah, she should have brought that up. I, I do remember seeing that. I don't know if it was in LinkedIn. Somebody had posted something about it or done a video about it. And so I did see that when it came through, but I didn't know that was them. So I wish she would have brought that up. Heather. Yeah. That would have been fun to talk about. Yeah, it's interesting. So he, he's actually coming to High Point. He is. Yes. Oh, fun. Yeah. All right. So I'll have to message her and say we need to, you know, interview him or something. Yeah, I can. I can send you some some emails too. I can. I can hook you up. But whatever way works. So anyway, I'll look. have to change it. I'll have to change it. Chocolate milk, Coca Cola, <laughs> or a Sprite. I don't know. <laughs> Sparkling cider. That's right. There you go. All right. That's so. Right. Um, I want to just start talking about you a little bit. And um, first of all, thank you for, you sent me a really beautiful video when I launched the first podcast, just wishing me luck. And I appreciated that. So thank you for that. Well, I'm so proud of you, dude. I know it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, Nick. How many episodes? You, you, I know you lose count all the time, but maybe you, you remember it today. How many episodes have you done? I don't know. Honestly, I'd say it's over 400 now. So... The last I looked, it said, does season 23, I don't know what your seasons, how what a season is, mm-hmm. but it looked like season 23. Yeah, we just finished. We're just wrapping up season 23. Um, I just interviewed my last one for the season yesterday, and we are into season 24 right now. And um, we decided at the beginning of the year to go into seasons because, I don't know, it's kind of all the cool kids are doing it. And uh, I liked... I like it for a couple of reasons. It gives us a break. We, we organized it right as I'm going off to market. Mm-hmm. We have this break of a couple of weeks where we don't have to worry about, you know, content continuing to be put out because we do record, you know, two interviews um, or we put out two interviews a week. And so it helps my team kind of take a breath and get caught up. And um, they also say that it helps you in the rankings in iTunes, but I don't, honestly, I don't know if that's... If you take a break or if you if you yeah, organize by seasons. Yeah. When you take a break and then you start up again, then, then they say that you're supposed to get a lot more downloads when you start back up again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if that happens or not. I don't know if we're necessarily big enough to really even move that needle. You know, sort of like again, make like, them wait and then, oh my God, here it comes again, right? right? Correct. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I don't know. We've, we've liked it and we're putting all of our, our, our podcasts on that same platform. And so some of the ones that we do um, have shorter seasons than others. Um, So I do four seasons a year and it just follows the quarterly system. Mm -hmm. But I think some of our shows we're doing like three seasons a year and we give them a bigger break in between. Right. When you say this isn't their, this isn't their day, their day job. So we've got other things to do. We'll talk about some of your, your spinoffs, your IMA Media spinoffs. Um, but mm-hmm. so you started the podcast. You know, I was listening to some things and reading. I was on your website last night, which is very, it's beautiful. Um, I hadn't been on in a while. And mm-hmm. I also went to your painting contractor site, which is fantastic, Walls by Design. I, that was fantastic. It was so user friendly. We'll talk about that Thank a little you. bit later. But yeah. So you started the podcast somewhere in 2014. What, what I want to know from you is when did you feel like you were hitting your stride? Like, when did you feel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of, the, the, the community is starting to know me. I've gotten a certain amount of, of uh, subscribers, and I'm not even sure what that number would be to you. When did you feel like 
this is going well. This is really going well. Yeah, I um, I feel like so I I joke on the show and I say that you know my coming out party was when I went to the Design Bloggers Conference three years ago, and at that point I did not feel like a success. I felt like I was like nobody knew. People really didn't even know what podcasting was back then. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even think Serial was out yet at three years ago. Okay, when Serial came out that was a game changer for everybody in the podcast community. That was, that was what really helped podcasting become mainstream. And then people, you know, then you would say I podcast and go, Oh, I listen to cereal, you know? And so and cereal, exactly what... cereal was, um, is, is that about like cereal killers? Or what I is think, that? yes. I never actually listened to it. My okay. wife was super into it and she's really into those, those mystery podcasts sure. where people are investigating. I think that's what that one was about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So when I went, um, I, I started meeting all the movers and shakers um, in the industry, like behind the scenes people a little bit more. So like the people that make decisions of who comes and, and, you know, presents at High Point, right? And America's Mart. And then I met, um, I know you have a fond um, relationship with our friend Caroline Hippel. Yes. The president of Norwalk Furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I remember I'm sitting in my little booth and this lady sits down and she says, oh, and what do you do? you know, as only Caroline can say. And so I thought, well, maybe she doesn't know what podcasting is. And I said, well, do you know what podcasting is? And she said, well, yes, I do. I listened to a couple. And, um, and then I asked who she was. And she said, I'm Caroline Hippel. I'm the president of Norwalk Furniture. And I had heard of Norwalk Furniture. And at this point, you know, I'm pretty early on in, in the whole industry. And I didn't know too many brands, but I knew of Norwalk because we had, um, when they used to do franchise um, stores. I had been in the franchise store in Denver. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're like a big, big time person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but that's really, so I started making those initial, um, relationships and then I started going to, to market. And that's, that was really what needed to happen to become part of the community. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't long after that, um, maybe six months into a year after going to market for the first time when I would go back to market and people like I was, I, I, people were recognizing who I was and um, it was, I have a really quick story. We're, we're in Wendover and I was with my friend Barry Livingstone mm-hmm. walking around market and it was really busy in there. We walked to the back and, and sat down and, um, and well, we sat down with these two other gals cause there was only these two chairs. And I said, would you mind if we sit with you? And they said, no, no, that's fine. And, you know, so we were just chit chatting and, um, and the girl like looks down and she almost becomes like a ghost in her face. Like she's so surprised. And she realized that I was Nick May of the Shades Lounge. Mm-hmm. And, and she like literally became speechless and kind of started getting nervous. And, and we just kind of laughed about that. And it was just kind of fun. And, that, and that's really, and mm-hmm. that, and that kind of thing happened at that market for the first time, just mm-hmm. like several in several places. And remember, that's when I was like, Oh yeah, we're, we're making, we're making progress. People know who I am. And they and accept so me been, 
too. You know, mm-hmm. I remember being with you at Universal, one of their Monday night parties, and just a whole bunch of good people, you know, hanging out. And uh, yep, yep. And that felt like um, that was one of the times I just remember feeling like Nick is running this joint, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so you, um, how did you come up with the? with the title Shay's Lounge? So I almost, this never would have happened. I, um, I used to do a podcast way before this, right? So like eight, nine years ago, I had a podcast called Small Business Naked. And it was me and a friend and we would just interview interesting entrepreneurs that we'd read about in Inc. and Entrepreneur Magazine. And then, um, and that was way back in like 08 when, you know, our businesses were, were a lot slower and then we got busy and I stopped podcasting. But in the meantime, I started listening to a podcast out of Australia. I remember it was Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving, whatever year that was. And I needed something to listen to because we were driving out to Portland. And so I, I binge listened to this guy um, and his podcast is called Small Business, Big Marketing. And I'm just a marketing like geek. I just love. And so I, I started listening to that guy's podcast a lot. And then I got to know him a little bit with just with interaction. And in the back of my mind started this, this thought of, man, I should go back to podcasting. And, and that's really where the idea germinated. And then when I decided to do it, I actually put it, he had a, like a, the equivalent of a Facebook group. They didn't do Facebook groups back then, but he had the equivalent of that just on a website. And I asked him, I said, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to come up with a name. And as soon as he said it, he, you know, as soon as I read it on, on the page, I was like, yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. The Shays Lounge. Right. Just loved the play on the words and how easy it was. And did you, it brought a, a visual to, my, to mind. At so, that point, did you already know that it was going to be geared towards the business of interior design? I did. And that's exactly what I told him. I said, well, I'm, I want to interview designers and we want to talk to business of design. And, and um, you know, so of course, in my mind, I'm like, you know, the business of design was, you know, probably the first thing I thought of. But and did you want to interview designers because you were working with them a lot in your painting contracting business and you felt like these people are kind of interesting and I would need to get to know them better? Well, what happened um, was I used to do... I used to do live events in Denver with about five other companies. I love event marketing. Mm -hmm. I like bringing people together and we decided to bring speakers in and I was having to pay the speakers to come talk to the groups. And we did this like once a quarter and we would have 40 to 60 designers come in. Um, We did a great lunch, you know, had wine. It was like, you know, going to a lunch at, you know, at market basically. Mm -hmm. And at, at one point, I just thought, you know, it was that nagging thing in the back of my mind, listening to Tim's podcast, thinking I should be doing podcasting again. And this is what I'm doing now. I want to market my painting business to interior designers. And I just thought it would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that it would take me around the world. Yeah, really. I know. I'm sure that the vision that you had at the beginning is has changed a lot. Like, could you have imagined all this? Like before, I mean, 
You'd never been to market. You didn't know what that looked like. You had. No, I didn't even know what market was back then. Right. Like I was just like, I'm just going to call. It's because when I first started, I would go up to the design center here and I would interview people at the design center and it was every other week. That's all I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would beg and plead people to come. I would, I would interview, you know, vendors. I think um, I interviewed our local um, Mila rep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people in the window coverings industry and the local people in the showrooms. And it's all very regional. It was very regional. But then I was, you know, I was emailing, but I was sending out, you know, these onesie twosie emails. Um, and it was really hard to get people to say, yeah, I'll talk to you on a podcast. Um, kind of the breakthrough I had in the, in, in the early days was I literally scraped the ASIT website mm-hmm. of every interior designer email address I possibly could get my hands on. And I, <laughs> I totally spammed people <laughs> and sent out. <laughs> well. And, and I mean, I, my, I, I didn't know that you could get your account shut down for 24 hours. Like that was, that was the early days of trying to get people, but it was like doing it in mass because I got, you know, my friend Garrison Hollinger that way. And then just a bunch of others. And, and then it just, you know, and then, and then I went to design bloggers and then that's really was the game changer. Cause then I was like asking people, Hey, who should I, right. I interview? And then I started to get to know PR people. Mm-hmm. Um, you've probably heard me talk about the story when I, when I pitched, when I reached out to um, Christine Phillips for the very first time. Did you hear that story? Say it again. So I emailed Christine. I don't remember actually if I had a specific um, person that I was going after, or I just knew that she was a, a PR person in the interior design space. Okay. And I reached out to her and she sent me this lovely email um, saying, oh, that's so sweet. Um, we're busy right now. Thank you so much. And um, the funny thing about that is that I, I, I found that email by happenstance, um, like many years later. Um, after she and I had become friends and right. now we've done so much, you know, together and she's one of my favorite people in the industry. And so we laugh about it today. That so her she, email you know, was she, sort of putting you like deferring you in a nice way, like, correct. you know, right. Correct. Well, you were yes. probably, yes. cause I think Barkley was one of your earlier interviews. Um, oh yeah. We so had maybe Barkley. It yep. was for that. It's probably, it might've been him. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember the first time I listened to, to your podcast and I was working at Steel Yard and I was taking a walk along some river in Clearwater and I mm-hmm. it was a Christopher mm-hmm. Kennedy podcast. Oh yeah. And it was so great. And I just um and that's when I started listening to you. So yeah. So okay. So you've got your um Chase Lounge podcast and then you've done some spin-offs from there. So I know you did yeah. the student podcast. Is that still current? It is, and we want to expand that. In fact, we're we're actively looking for more students that would want to be hosts. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually have an intern in our office that um, we want to get her into that uh, the interviewing process and and having conversations with people. I mean, it's amazing what doors that opens. And you know, the the designer or the student Trish that we have who goes to Georgia Southern, she got a she got an internship this last summer at a really, really big prestigious design firm um, because of being a part of the, the, 
the chaise or the the student lounge. Right. So um, the students are the are the hosts. They ask the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're asking the questions that students want to know, like how do I make money and you know what what did you do in school and what was hard for you like all that kind of stuff and so it's it's a different perspective it's similar to some of the stuff that I ask but as only a student can ask right with that innocence and being brand new to the industry so oh that's great I I have to tune into that I have not really tuned into that I have tuned in though however to um, Coast to Coast with Garrison Mm. and Catherine and um, tell tell us a little bit about the origin of that spinoff? So Garrison and I, you know, he had been on my show. He was, like I said, he was one of the very early um, bigger names that I had had ever interviewed. And then uh, two years later, I interviewed him again and his business was like exploding. You know, the first time he had like 20 employees after three years of being in business. And the next time it was, you know, 10 more people. And I want to say, one, one thing just about Garrison. So just to, I'm going to re-say his last name in case for listeners, it's Hollinger, Garrison Hollinger Design based in Portland. And he actually yep. did our journey page for September. So I know I was so excited yeah, about that. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Go and, ahead. Yeah. No, that's fine. And, um, and so I, but I'd never met him and I was at market and I want to say it was a year and a half ago now. And one of our, our other friends came over to me and he says, your friend, you, you interviewed Garrison, right? And I said, Oh yeah. And he says, have you ever met him? Oh no, mm-hmm. never met him. He's right over there. You know, we were at proximity and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I like literally ran to the other side. Cause I just loved, loved his story. And I, like, you just tell, I liked him a lot. Yeah. And, and so then we were doing um, the breakfast show at universal. And I said, Oh my gosh, you have to join us for the breakfast show. Please come. And Catherine had already, her, her and I had become friends and I'd asked her to be at, um, on the show with me already. And so he comes and joins us and they're just having the, the best time talking about design and they're super funny. And so wait, the, just, you have to, we haven't said Catherine's last name. So Catherine Hersa- oh, Hersaker, Hersacher? Hersacher. Okay. <laughs> strike yep, and she's strike a, two and yep, on the third, yes. That's right. Okay. And she's a designer in Aiken, South Carolina. Yes. She was and pregnant at the time, right? When you was, did that morning show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of sat back and I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is amazing content. Like you guys just need to do a show. And I kind of joked about it. And then like a week later, I called them and I was like, no, seriously, we need to do a show with you guys. And then we just came up with this idea of coast to coast. They're like opposites in every single way. Mm-hmm. Garrison has a staff of like 30. Um, Catherine has, I think, one or two people on staff. Right. Catherine has a master's degree in interior design. Garrison never graduated college. Mm-hmm. So all of these things, you know, just played into a, just a fun, um, you know, conversation. And so that we launched that at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And it's been phenomenal. Yeah, I have enjoyed it. I've, really I've listened good. to a couple of episodes. Um, they both have so much good content to share. So my face hurts when I <laughs> when I finish watch, listening to them. It just I because I'm laughing the whole time. Yes. And anyways, they're yes. just great. Actually, Garrison is in town right now. We did an event um, for my for designers here in Denver last night. So I invited ten designers to a private dinner at Porcelanosa mm-hmm. and um, we had a caterer come in and Garrison spoke about his story and hiring 
um, and how they've done it at their at their firm. And um, so I get to hang out with Garrison last night. It was really nice. Well, I remember you telling me you were going to be having that event. So that's great that it was yesterday. That's so nice. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're creating a lot of good things there in Denver, Mr. Mister May. So now. I know. It's I mean, so fun. Yeah. It really, I mean, doors, well, you're, you're opening doors. You know, to say doors are opening for you. No, you are opening them. And then in turn, <laughs> and then it will, you know, you. you Sometimes just, I have to climb in the window. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Um and then they they in turn open, open for you. So you shared with me um, the newest kind of spinoff from your media company. Yeah. So the next thing we're doing, and this is literally launching in a couple of weeks. So as we get into season twenty four, mm-hmm. um, we are in. We have invited guest celebrity guest hosts. So we have celebrity guest hosts that will be literally taking over. They're hijacking the Shays Lounge. And so every week there will be a different guest host. And um, so there's three months in that quarter. So they'll each do three shows. Mm -hmm. And I have four celebrity designers that are taking it over. And those four designers are- Wait, I feel like we need a drum roll. Wait a second. Drum roll. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. Drum roll, please. So I have Stacey Garcia. Mm -hmm. I have- Toma Clark Haynes, the Antiques Diva. Yeah. I have Chad James mm-hmm. out of Nashville and yep. Rachel Moriarty. It's a good, diverse crew. They're all, I got coast to coast. They're yeah. all across the country. Um, and do they very each different? Yeah. Are they each going to specialize in something? Yeah. They're each going to take it and they're not necessarily going to follow. You know, we obviously talk to the business of design. And so they're each kind of going off on their own. Like I had conversations with them and I said, well, what kind of content would really help you? Like in the direction that you are going, what, what kind of audience do you want to talk to or build? And so Stacy really has, you know, she's launched her line on QVC. She has all this stuff going on. And so um, we've talked, um, I think where she's kind of landed is she wants to interview successful moms. So she is a mom. She's been a highly successful mom. And so she's really reaching out to go after and find these successful moms that are doing it and they're, they're killing it. Right. And so I don't, uh, I don't know who exactly she's got on tap yet. Um, okay. they, they, they keep that from me. And um, who but, are you launching this series with? Who's going to go first? I think it's Stacy. Mm-hmm. She was the first one to have her, her, um, her first episode recorded. So, um, and then, Toma is, um, you know, she does all these tours with, with antiques, right? Yep. Um, but she's also starting to do some coaching and consulting um, and classes, I believe, um, to people in the antiques world. Yep. And so it's kind of the business of antiquing. So she's going to be interviewing some, some in, I think, antique shops and some designers that, that specialize in antiques. So that's, I'm really excited to uh to listen to what she's that's going to be really fascinating yeah 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 Mm -hmm. and then chad is working on a few different things i don't think we've landed exactly where he's going to be at but um you know he's got ridiculous clients there in nashville you kind of just let your imagination go wild with you and so we've talked about maybe having some of his clients on and then because he does such a lot of travel i did a i did a panel with him 
was the traveling designer. Uh-huh. And um, so he's also thinking about reaching out and having some of those conversations with other designers that travel a lot, you know, yeah. overseas and working in the islands and all that kind of stuff. Traveling. Um, I mean, so- designers travel. There's, of course, a lot of panels devoted to that because, right, it's like mm-hmm. one of the, the number one source of inspiration. Is it more like traveling for business, like working from afar? Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Doing those projects and, you know, going to the Maldives or the, you know, Dubai. Sure. All that kind of stuff. Okay. And then Rachel, Rachel. As, as you know, Rachel had a podcast. Yep. Um, that she used to do. And so she wanted to really do something a little bit different because she was really mainly talking to the design community with that podcast. And she really wants to really build a little bit more, I guess, regional and and really wants it to help her build her design business. And so she's going to really be um, answering the question, what is home? And to do that, she's going to be talking to people, a lot of local folks in Southern California, um, but she's going to be reaching out to other designers, other um, HGTV folks, people that have been in the fashion world, and we have a connection with uh, a celebrity chef. And so a little bit more of a lifestyle kind of podcast. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. So while they're taking over your podcast, will you be working on creating something else? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, um, so I, so my title for I may media is I'm the creative director. Uh-huh. And so we are, we are building out what the hope is that this is a launching pad, right? So everyone's getting an opportunity to do a podcast. What, what happens in the podcast world is people like, Oh, well, let me just start a podcast. And they, as you know, you get a couple done and then you're like, oh my gosh, this is really hard. Yeah. Um, and so in the podcast world, there's this thing called pod fading. And that happens typically around six or seven episodes. Okay. I don't remember the exact numbers, um, but there's something like 280,000 podcasts in iTunes. And only like 18% of them are active. Mm-hmm. And so this is what happens. People start and then they stop. And so we're, we're giving all these individuals the opportunity to try doing a podcast. And if it goes well, we will launch them kind of like, um, you know, on television, they did pilots and, and, and tried out. And then if it, they get good ratings, then they, they press forward. So we will be, the, the goal is that we will at least launch um, three podcasts out of these, the four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're in talks with a bunch of other people that ju- we just want to move forward with and do some podcasting. So yeah. What do for you once think? I okay. get to say, hmm. I get to say for once, I, I can't share with you who we're talking to, but it's going to be ridiculous if, if, if these move forward. Wow. The, the trajectory of your career is, is so interesting. Congratulations know, on all right? that you're, all that you're creating. Um, so what do you think is the ideal, like, uh, consistency with a podcast? Like we're dropping um, once a week, you know, I think that's, that's as much as I can do. That's my goal. The most, yeah, the most important thing is being consistent and making sure your audience knows exactly what you're doing. Um, which is, which I, that's one of the reasons why I love the seasons idea. You mm-hmm. tell them ahead of time, Hey, we're going for 12 weeks. Then we're going to take a break or it's six weeks or it's whatever it is, but you let them know, 
And so they're on board and they understand what's, there's nothing worse than you're listening to a podcast and it just disappears. Right. Like I have a couple of podcasts that I've listened to over the years. I'm like, Oh, it was so good. What, what happened? Yep. And, and so as long as you let them know what's going on and um, but I like, I think the, probably the average consistency is once a week. Um, If you're really trying to build ratings and build numbers, I think multiple shows a week is helpful, but um, but at least once a week, you know, when we were doing every other week, that was hard to, to feel like you're getting traction. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a tough one, but, the, but, but I would tell people if you're going to start, like start there. And if you can keep up with that, um, then, you know, keep going. But if you, if you're like, Hey, I can handle more then then do it every week. Yeah. But we've you got to get ahead of it. Yeah. See here, we've got all of our magazines, right? So right. all of our different mm-hmm. brands are doing their podcasts and um, our lovely podcast tech, Tessa Playtech, who is here sitting with me, you know, she's got her hands full. Um, but I, and, yeah. and so, and then we book time. We've got a special room, which we may move somewhere on our campus. But mm-hmm. right now it's, you know, got packing blankets all around it. So, I, you know, I'm just easing into it with once a week um, for now. Yeah. But taping more frequently so that I'm not so then when I'm like out of town I'm not freaking you know yeah you got to get ahead of it and have those those shows in the can in the can as they say in the can you know ready to go so you can you can make sure that you're you know just super consistent with it yeah and in the early days it's hard I mean I get I almost gave up at least a dozen times and in fact I remember the moment um, I had a guy another guy who actually was in Australia who was um, friends with the the other podcaster that I was just telling you about. Right. And he was producing my show. And I said, you know, Paul, I think I'm done. I can't, it's hard to get guests. This is taking a lot of time. And he was like, Nick, I've, I've not, I've worked with a lot of people and I've never seen, you know, someone be as successful as you are so quickly. He's like, I know it feels frustrating. Just, just keep going. Just, just do it for six more months. Right. And that was what it, what it took when we kind of got got over the hump and then it really started to feel like we were making headway and and now do, the early days is tough yeah do more people submit to you now and pitch you for it do you have a oh, wait list yeah. yeah i mean it's it's um yeah and now that we're going to guest celebrities i only have to actually record now once a week so my load is actually lifting from a from an interview perspective. Mm -hmm. And so what's going to end up happening because of that is I'm going to start getting um, even pickier of who we bring on the show. Um, And so I'm really going to be, you know, we've always said that our, our bar was, you know, three employees over a million dollars in business and working in multiple States. Right. So I don't know what it is yet, but I think I'm going to probably raise that bar a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, we said it, we said it because, you know, who doesn't want to get promoted? And my problem is if I'm 20 minutes in and, and, and I've kind of gone through all my normal questions, like we don't have anything else to talk about. And we usually fill a 45 to an hour, you know, time slot. Yes. So, um, I, you know, and we've lifted the, um, the we have to be a little flexible, a, a you know, we have a little bit flexible, but yeah, but, but, but I want to, there's a lot of really big names that, that I've, I've, you know, never had on the show. And, um, and now that I only have so many slots, so we're going to, we'll start to get a little bit, 
you know, we'll raise the bar just a little bit on, on my side. Right. Do you have a list, an ongoing list of people I really want to have on the show and like an organized, you know, or do you have their faces up on the wall or, you know, I don't, I don't because we've, you know, in the early days, it was like, who would talk to me? Like, you're well, talking to me? Okay, let's, let's go. Right. right. And then, and then we started to get in with the PR people and now, you know, and then that, you know, that was a game changer for me because then I wasn't like every week going, oh my God. Right, right. They feed you people and it's great. But then now you have the mm-hmm. choice to be selective. Mm-hmm. And um, the other cool thing that we're doing, um, which is going to help us as we move forward, is we've really ramped up our staffing. Um, we've we've hired um, kind of a consultant out of the out of the print world who's working with us and elevating our brand and making sure our messaging is good. Um, I have a gal starting on Friday who has a master's degree in podcasting. I didn't oh, wow. know that this even existed. And so she's coming on board to do, um, to be our producer and, um, and, and lend some admin support. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we really want to get more organized and, um, you know, cause we've just kind of been, I mean, we've been a mom and pop shop literally since we started and now it's like, okay, now we're like a real business. We have like, I don't know, eight, eight companies that sponsor us We're it's, it's been time to, to really take this thing seriously and get to the next level. Sure. And so, um, so yeah, that's one of the things I would like to do. I'd like to have the rifle approach and go, okay, we're going to, these are the, these are the designers I want to go after. And we want to get these, um, these designers on the show and, um, and then you still yeah, have, and then fun. your painting, your painting business is, is still, you know, like booming and, um, correct and all that. So in your pie chart, your work life, um, <laughs> work life pie chart, how much time is devoted to your media pursuits? And then how much do you devote to contract to the painting? Side? I would say it's a, it's at least 60, 40 and 60% being media company mm-hmm. at this point. Yep because I've been in business for 20 years on the paint side and I've done a really good job of building team and I'm out of the day to day for the most part. Um, they come to me for, you know, if we've got a, a big issue on something or, um, and, and I really, my, my biggest role is I make sure the phone keeps ringing. Mm-hmm. Marketing. That's my biggest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a marketing director um, who works for us and that was a game changer when I hired him. Uh, even though marketing is kind of my deal, like I love marketing, but I realized I have a lot of things to do on a daily basis. And if I had somebody that that's, that was 100% their job, then we wouldn't ever worry about the phone ringing anymore. And, um, and so I still kind of oversee and him and I have phone calls twice a week. He's actually doesn't office out of our office anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, he's on the East coast and, um, and so, yeah, about 40% of my time is, is devoted on the paint side. Um, you know, there are seasons that come that I have to dive back in. But for the most part, you know, that's the way I'm spending my time. Right. And you, um, yeah, I was on your site last night, as I said. So kitchen cabinets, that was your sort of one of your specialties there, redoing kitchens? Over the last five years that we um, we have become the specialist in cabinet painting. Mm-hmm. Um we uh, we do twenty to twenty five kitchens a month. Wow! Yeah. Um, the average the average painter does like three a month, and yeah. so we just built really great systems around it. And um, do you take the go to? Do you do it on site, or do you take them somewhere to do, 
to do the cabinets? We have mobile spray booths. Mm -hmm. And so they all the, the doors and drawer faces are sprayed in those mobile spray booths on site. Mm -hmm. And then we have the ability to do it off site too, because not every property has that ability. So do you set this um, mobile spray booth up um, outside of the house? Or inside of the house, or is it in a outside, truck? Either, it's a it's a twenty foot trailer. Uh huh. Cool. Mm -hmm. I when I worked um, for Benjamin Moore, I told you I blogged for them, right, for a long time. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So I did quite a few blogs about cabinets, painting cabinets, and everything. In fact, I was listening to one of your blogs, and um, and you were talking about the advanced product, and I'm thinking, hmm, because. I live uh, in an old house now, and our kitchen definitely needs a redo. And I'm thinking, and we've thought about, you know, buying new cabinet fronts. And um, so we'll see whether we just, we, we do a paint job, mm -hmm. you know, or, but I was like, oh, I'm going to check that paint out. So, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. No, it's really, no, that's You all convinced use. me, you know, <laughs> I'm mm. like, that's yeah, what I'm going to yeah. buy for my cabinets. So has your, I'm just curious with now your whole immersion in the design world and your own personal sense of style, Nick, which, um, you know, where, where do you fall in the style spectrum? What do you like to live with at home? Well, you know, I've been really, I think, traditional or transitional my whole entire life. And now I find myself, um, like a lot of people, you know, that, that have kind of moved over to more of the, the modern aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm stuck in a house that was built in 1997. Uh, and we're slowly making it over, and uh, we have. I've. It's horrible because I go in, I go into all these houses right around you know for my painting business, sure. and I'm like, oh, I want that. <laughs> and then I go to market, and I see all of that, and so it's like this curse, right? I see all this stuff that I want, um, and uh, but then there's reality of what the budget will will allow, and so um, I still I feel very inept when it comes to you know designing or decorating my own home. Um, I'm fortunate now we actually have a designer, an interior designer. We have a couple now. I have a couple of interior designers on staff. Mm -hmm. And so they are slowly making over my house. And um, yeah, I saw on your site over the long period. that you call it life staging, or at least that was something, a service that you offer. Yeah, it's brand new for us. Mm -hmm. So instead of home staging, which is done when you're selling a house, um, we came up with this idea to do life sta life staging. I love so that name. We ha we have a couple of different um, a couple of different levels. The first level would be, hey, go look at all my stuff in my house and and just redecorate the room. Sure. R move furniture around and so use what you have, but make correct. it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so we came up with a package for that. And then the next level is, hey, we're going to give you a budget of five thousand dollars. Go go pick out things that I should, I should buy for this room to take it to the next level. And so the idea on that is that they, they would, our designer would give you a list of what to go buy. Mm -hmm. And then we would go buy it ourselves. And then our designer would come back to the house and then do the final arrangement of everything. Right. And so kind of, you know, that's not going to be in your million dollar property, right? That's going to be somebody that, you know, doesn't have the budget to do a hundred thousand dollar makeover. Right. But it's a safe way to sort of tiptoe into design a little bit and have somebody work with somebody. Yeah. 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 Cause you and know, there's so. a, there's a limit there. 
Correct. Yep. Yeah. So we're just getting into that just a little bit. We haven't pushed the boundaries of it yet, mm-hmm. but I'd really like to to really explore and push those boundaries next year. So all my friends, you know, would joke with me and say, Nick, when are you getting into interior design? I would say, I'm never gonna, you know. And so this is my way of doing that. I, I hire the people and, and then they just work for me. <laughs> right. Hey, it, you know, it, that seems to work. That seems to work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. two... I have two more um, questions for you, and um, so I'm. The first one is from your hundreds of conversations with designers, um, and here you are immersed in a business where everyone does it differently, right? What is a big commonality that you see among designers? Like, what's the something that you almost always hear? Um, So I'm going to stick with the business side because that's the the side I know and Mm -hmm. and I'm comfortable talking. Um, They trick me every once in a while and get me to talk trends and, and, but that's not me. So, but I would say the, uh, you know, the the commonalities with the successful designers, um, they build team. They know the business side of design. Um, And it's, you know, I've had this conversation several times um, with several different people, but um, Julia Buckingham comes to mind. And because I think it's really the first, when I first had that conversation was with her. And we talked about the idea that it was at minimum 60, 40, 60% business and 40% good design. And, and sometimes it may be 70%. Um, because you've got to know that business side. You have to know how to market. You need to know your financials. You need to know you need to know how to buy correctly and put systems into your business. And that is hands down, you know, the one thing that I see over and over again that people, you know, because we haven't tracked this, but so many of the designers that are successful that I interview never went to design school. Mm-hmm. And they come in with, you know, finance degrees and marketing degrees and all this kind of stuff. And they come in um, and the people that only the ones that are really hurt by that are the ones that have all the degrees and the letters behind their name. And they, and they put in all those hours. Um, And, but it's, it's, I really feel like if you just talking, like I'm not going to judge who's a better designer than who, but I just look at it from a business perspective, who's busy, who's growing an organization, who's doing great stuff. Um, and those people that that really know the business side, um, and then they either, you know, are they either are an, an okay designer, or they bring other people in and around them, and um, that complement, and they can build that. I mean, I I interviewed one gal. She runs a great business in Milwaukee and is huge in Milwaukee and in the Chicagoland area. She's not a designer at all. She just she's the CEO. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, so that's kind of the commonality. And then we got into it today. In one of my interviews was we were talking about how I love it when I have, I'm having a conversation and the design firm actually has a marketing director or somebody in the company that marketing is their, their job description. Right. They're not just, you know, they're not an admin person, you know, posting on Instagram. Like that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody, um, that is, is, you know, Angela Harris and at trio environments here in Denver. Right. Um, I can't remember the gal in her organization's Carrie? name. I can see her face. Carrie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
And she's phenomenal. And they do a wonderful job of marketing that business. And they've exploded, not only here in Denver, but across the country. Yes. Um, so I love that. Yeah. No, that, get, that gets you excited. I know. I know. Mm, yeah. um, and I think you kind of just answered this. But my other um, – my other question too. So with your relationships, I mean, you've gotten close to a lot, you know, it's, it's so there's the business side, but then there's also the just soulful, emotional, these are amazing human being side. Um, mm-hmm. So can you tell me something like if you were going to interpret that something about interior designers that, that you've been enchanted by? It's making me think about a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that designers all believe it's possible. Like I'm, I'm always the, you know, the, the glasses half, half full kind mm-hmm. of guy. And I think most designers are like that. Now with that said, it also makes me sad a little bit because I feel that some people believe that the only way that they're going to be successful in interior design is with their name on the door. Okay. And I, and I'm, and it makes me sad a little bit because, um, I see so many designers that struggle, you know, we see, obviously we see the, the, the top, you know, 5% that are very visual and very, you know, out there and, and in front of everybody. Sure. And there's a lot of designers out there that struggle. Um, I don't share this a lot, but a lot of my passion and, and desire to help people comes out of a past that I watched my dad, um, be not so successful in business. Mm. And I don't know if he, he didn't, he didn't trust people or he didn't know how to go get help. But at at a couple of moments in his career, he had a good business and then it all went to crap. And so I love the fact that I'm helping people build sustainable businesses, but I'm also a realist. in the fact that I know that not everybody is is really wired to do it. Yes. Um, and it's okay if you go be the number two person at a design firm or even a number three person at a design firm and be, and be happy and love what you do and don't have to do all of those things that you don't like to do. Mm. You know, that that's very interesting. First of all, you know, thanks for sharing that um, just about your, your personal um, life and your family. But I kind of feel like there's a trend a little bit towards, so a lot of people, yes, put my name on the door, right? I'm going to do it. It's all on me. And then somewhere along the line, they realize that this is really hard to do it alone. I really like having company bouncing ideas off of people, hiring somebody who has a strength that I don't have. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't want to have all this overhead on me, you know, Um, and, and, potentially closing up their shop or merging with somebody else, you know, and creating mm-hmm. another identity. Or, yes, like you said, working for another team, you know, being part of a team where it's another name on the door. And mm-hmm. um, life is hard. I mean, it is it is a hard profession, I think. Oh, there's so much. It's hard enough running a painting business, but as I was talking to somebody earlier today, like I only have to deal with those issues of painting. Like the designer has to deal with all of my issues of painting, and then they have to deal with the issues of um, tiling, you know, and... the, manu- the manufacturing <laughs> and they have to deal yep. with the plumber and they have to like, there's a billion, like it like multiplies. And so you have to be an expert 
or at least know enough about all of those things to know what questions, like there's just, too, there's so many details in that space. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoo, there's a lot. Yeah. A well, lot even that, that's something about interior designers, like that in, incredible ability that they have to, to manage and be on top and, and think of, you know, every little thing, every little detail, yeah. be so detail oriented. So I, yeah. this is, um, this show's going to go up before high point. Mm-hmm. I know you and I are both super busy at, at market. And, um, I think we'll relay those things on social media and keep that there. Um, but I look forward to seeing you at market as always. As always, Jane. Yes. Yes. Very excited. And, very um, excited. I forget if I'm joining you or trying to join you for one of your podcasts, but we can figure that out off, offline and okay. um, I'll see you soon. And thank you so Sounds much. Good. Thanks for including me. Oh, of course. And All thanks right. for making mention of me on your very first podcast. Oh, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. I love tossing names around. You know, it makes me happy. Um, yeah. And we included some good ones here today. So. You did. Yeah. I hope they're listening. <laughs> I know, right? All right. Thanks, Jane. Yep. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to SED. Be sure to visit designerstoday.com for more style, substance, and soul, and also to subscribe to our magazine. Till next time, I'm Jane Dagney, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today.